This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Your instructor is one of the finest pilots this program has ever produced. His exploits are legendary. What he has to teach you may very well mean the difference between life and death. Your reputation precedes you. I have to admit I wasn't expecting an invitation back. They're called orders, Maverick. It's been widely documented that director Joe Kaczynski and DP Claudio Miranda produced high-flying live-action cinematography to create the feeling of realism in Top Gun Maverick. But joining us in this episode is the movie's production visual effects supervisor, Ryan Tudhope, who will peel back the curtain on the visual effects work, 2,400 visual effects shots in total, which were vital to the movie that is now nominated for six Oscars, including Best Picture and Visual Effects. I'm Carolyn Giardino. Welcome to the Hollywood Reporters Behind the Screen. Ryan, congratulations on your Oscar nomination and thanks so much for joining us. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a, it's a real honor to be here and represent the team and get a chance to talk to you. Now, were you watching the live stream that day? Yeah, you know, uh, I, I live in New Zealand usually, so it was 2.30 in the morning, and um, I'm a dad. We have a six-year-old, so I don't stay up till 2.30 in the morning anymore, so it was quite a lift, but uh, we, we got up. Uh, my wife was with me, and it was just such a special moment. I mean, it really hits you, you know, how, um, you know, how, how much it... Uh, it means to, to, to be a part of this and to be uh, nominated by your peers. And so it's just a, tr it's a tremendous honor. And, and uh, you know, there's so many people involved, especially in this category of visual effects. I mean, it really is a team sport. Um, and uh, we wouldn't have gotten that nomination without, obviously, our director, Joe Kaczynski's vision for the film and uh, the, the, the amazing teams uh, that we got to work with, both production side and everyone uh, in the, at the visual effects company. So it's just it's, it's so humbling and, and such an amazing uh, honor. You and the team created uh, 2,400 visual effects shots for the film. Yeah, yeah, it's a big number for, for a film, um, of, it, of any film, really. Um, but, you know, it, it, the, the intention was for, hopefully, uh, most of those visual effects shots, if not all of them, to be completely hidden. So that was, that was what was unique and fun about this. So would it be safe to say the approach was you, you shot, they shot as much as they could practically, and then you went from there? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think that's kind of a goal for, for, for most projects. I mean, you always want to get as much as you can practically for a lot of reasons. I think with Top Gun, um, you know, we knew, we knew that uh, Tom and the rest of our actors were going to be doing these amazing stunts going in, into, uh, you know, real F-18s. And we, we had amazing support from the Navy. And so it really became obvious early on when I was talking to Joe and, and, uh, in terms of how we would uh, accomplish this. And it was really to rely on as much practically as we could. Um, but unique to this film was that, you know, we really wanted the shot design of these, of these uh, sequences to be based on real aerial photography because that gave us this organic uh, plate photography, this sort of something that you can't create digitally very easily, which is this dance that the camera operator does with the jet and all of the things that are really... Um, you know, difficult to difficult to achieve when you're trying to shoot something like that. And what that does is it give, gives us a really amazing foundation for the shots that just feels real and visceral because the basis of the shot is real and visceral. And then when we step in uh, in a very supporting role from a visual effects standpoint, um, we're working with just such amazing photography to begin with. And even though we might be doing a lot of stuff to that footage and changing the airplanes or adding airplanes, it has this fundamental uh, you know, beginnings as a real thing that we went up and shot. And I think that's, that's really what, what makes it so special. To what extent did you collaborate with Claudio Miranda, the director of photography? Oh, I mean, lo I love working with Claudio. Um, we, we, we worked uh, quite a bit. I mean, he had gone through a really extensive process, both him and Joe with the United States Navy to figure out where all the camera mounts uh, could be placed on the F-18s. Um, which was a huge engineering challenge, um, both getting them internal uh, to the cockpits, but also the external mounts, which we used for a lot of our visual effects plates as well. And uh, so, you know, through that process, um, uh, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. Really, once they were sort of developed uh, and we came on board, uh, figuring out how best to utilize those various mounts um, and really looking through the storyboards, Joe, Joe had a really strong vision for how these sequences should unfold and what they should look like. And he storyboarded uh, all of it and we, we pre it. And so that sort of gave us this foundation for 
uh, trying to figure out which camera platform, which mount, what naval assets, um, and in some cases, what civilian aircraft assets we would use uh, to achieve the plate that we needed for any given shot. Well, let's take our listeners through some of the work. I know some of it involved creating computer-generated aircraft, and uh, one of them was the prototype that uh, Tom flies in the beginning for obvious reasons. Right, exist. right, yeah, the Dark Star, yeah. And the F-14 was was retired in 2006, so that was another one. Unfortunately, it was, yes. (laughs) It's an amazing airplane. But um, but give us a a wider sense of, um, you know, which aircraft were uh, CG models and when you use them. Yeah, so we had we had this um, process we called reskinning, which was you know based on that methodology I was just describing, where we would shoot um, uh, a real aircraft. Uh, sometimes it was an F eighteen, um, other times it was a L thirty nine, which is a sort of a civilian uh, trainer or stunt aircraft. It's a it's a jet uh, as well, so it can keep up, um, and it was also one of our camera platforms. And so, you know, depending on where the photography needed to be shot, sometimes it was uh, coastal and there's areas where naval and and military aircraft aren't allowed to fly. And in those cases, we used our L-39 to stand in for these other aircraft, such as the Tomcat, the F-14 Tomcat, or um, the uh, Su-57, the Sukhoi, which was uh, the enemy aircraft uh, in the story. And so, uh, you know, the philosophy was, uh, again, sort of based on what these sequences, based on the storyboards and the shot design, um, we worked real closely with our aerial coordinator, Kevin LaRosa Jr., um, our advisors in the Navy, um, Claudio, and, and the rest of our camera team. And we would go through the storyboards and decide uh, which aircraft we wanted to shoot with, what camera platform we thought would be best to get that shot. And uh, and we'd go up and we would we would essentially shoot a a backplate or a, a footage a real real footage of one of those jets, and then uh, you know our editor Eddie Hamilton and his team would decide if that shot made it into the sequence and sort of would work with it obviously editorially, and from there the process of reskinning it into the proper aircraft for the story took place, and that really entailed. Um, you know, uh, sometimes quite a bit of uh, work to um, to adjust the performance of the jet. Sometimes it was exactly what we shot. It sort of depended on on what we got on the day. Um, but effectively, we would remove the jet digitally that we had shot, um, but we would use it sort of as as this motion capture, so to speak, and also lighting reference for what the real aircraft was doing. Put our digital aircraft in that place and and animate it to do the same thing. Um, and one of the things that was also unique about this project is that we had such amazing support from the Navy and uh, you know naval pilots who we were able to show our some of our uh, work to and get their take on it to sort of get their feedback on how it looked and was it convincing to them. Again, our goal here was to play a very supporting role and to to sort of. Um, you know, do the work as if we weren't there. We really wanted audiences to to enjoy the story, to be um, immersed in in all of the footage, and also we needed our work to cut with the amazing practical photography that uh, that we were getting um, with our actors in the in the cockpit. So we really we really wanted to be hidden, and that just entailed a lot of detail work, making sure every flap. Uh, worked, uh, moved correctly, making sure all the, the weight that the, the wings felt as, uh, as the aircraft was moving or, or performing a certain maneuver, 
um, and getting feedback from lots of people and just making sure that everyone we showed it to who was an expert felt like it was convincing and that, that it looked right. And, uh, and that, and that was the process. And so we would, um, you know, our, our aircraft were also painted gray, um, if, whether it was a Navy jet, which are uh, by default gray, or our L-39s, which we had painted gray, provided really good lighting reference, which we were able to match as well. So um, it was really all about just trying to capture and, and be true to the reality of what we had caught up in the air and, 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 and uh, doing our best to, to honor that, that amazing work. And do you want to elaborate not just modeling the planes, but then when they're flying, you needed to create the, the sense of speed and, you know, just living in that environment, which I'm sure was quite challenging to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, in terms of creating the assets themselves, we we had access to a, a F-14 Tomcat uh, that the production had um, borrowed from a, a museum here in California. And we used that Tomcat actually in some of our photography um, uh, on the ground. Um, our special effects coordinator, Scott Fisher, and his team built this uh, incredible tow rig for uh, the Tomcat, which they were able to pull the Tomcat around and, and run it up and down a tarmac, um, which we were able to later paint out and remove. Um, but any time that, that the aircraft went uh, airborne, obviously, that's something that we had to do digitally. Um, the asset itself... Uh, you know, having having access to that aircraft may allowed us to just get up close and personal with it and take lots of reference photos and scan it and um, really study uh, all of the, you know, every bolt and every detail. And, you know, going into it, I knew our assets were going to be really critical for this film because we we knew the aerial photography and the, the, the methodology of shooting a real jet in the air was going to provide so much visceral, visceral organic reality. Um, that that was going to be incredibly helpful, but it was going to be very important that we, anytime we were reskinning a, a aircraft with something digitally, that it had all of that same uh, uh, reality to it. And so we took a very photographic approach, um, making sure we were scanning the real aircraft um, so that we were again honoring and being true to what was what what the reality was there. And uh, our team just spent an immense amount of time. Uh, huge kudos to to our team at Method who put all those assets together um, for the amount of detail that they put into it because it just was it was it was uh, you know a huge lift and ultimately I think one of the reasons why those shots were so successful. And, and let's talk about some of the um, the, the complex sequences. Um, for example, there's one shot that I remember where um, I, I believe it was the first sequence when Maverick goes up with the students or the, that he's uh, instructing. And um, he, there are two aircraft side by side, and then he comes up from below. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. That's a great moment. Up, and the, the, the one that comes up from below is, is, is fully CG. If I remember correctly, right? Yeah. I'm so creating that shot. Yeah. So what you want to do? So when when we're sort of looking at these these shots, one of the one of the strategies I I love to employ mm -hmm. is uh, mixing and matching the techniques as much as possible from shot to shot because the, the the last thing you want to do is use the same technique over and over because the audience will start to to clue into what you're doing and it pulls them out of the story, right? And you just want them to you want them to be in that story in that moment. So that was a case where. You, you literally just sort of look at what, what uh, Joe wants to happen there, right? Which is to have these jets uh, peeling away as, the, as Maverick is flying up right through, right between them. And so um, you start with talking to our aerial coordinator and our friends in the Navy and say, okay, what, what's possible? 
And they very quickly will tell you that that's too dangerous. We can't do that. But what we can do is we can get these other two jets in a, in a, in this formation. Um, and we can kind of shoot across from them and, uh, they can peel out, but the jet that comes up through the middle obviously is going to be too close and too dangerous. And so that's where we jump in, in that supporting role with a solution to add that, that third jet digitally. And that, that sort of conversation of solving a shot on a shot by shot cases is how you get sort of that mixed uh, methodology approach where then you go to the next shot and, and we look at that storyboard and we say, okay, well in this one, we actually can get that all for real. So we're going to do that. Okay. And then this one, we, we won't be able to do that jet, but we, we can, we can get one of these jets and then we'll have to add this one. And so you, you know, you're, you're sort of looking at each one on a case by case basis. And I just think it keeps it more alive and more organic. And the ultimate result of that sequence as it plays is that you really don't know how it was done and you stop thinking about how it was done and you just enjoy it. And I think that's one of the things that we try to leverage as much as possible versus going into those sequences with a fixed way that we were going to do them. And then just showing the audience that same technique over and over, if that makes sense. Now, you also, um, a lot was talked about that they put cameras in the cockpit so they could get yeah. shots of the actors. But in those shots, I know you also um, digitally enhanced um, to varying degrees what was in the background. Um, tell us a little about the environments. Yeah. So, you know, the shots um, in the cockpit um, are all all uh, real. They're all incredible. Our, our actors went through this amazing training um, to, to achieve that. And we ultimately, we, we initially set out to get as much of those shots entirely in camera as possible, even like other jets in formation and various other things like that. And we, we, we quickly realized that we really wanted to prioritize the acting and the performance. And, and as soon as you start to bring other jets into the equation and have multiple jets trying to work together and coordinate on top of the acting and performances we were trying to capture, it just gets exponentially more complicated. Um, so we, we were able to get some of that, but often it was, it was, we, we did some early tests and, and we showed, we showed our team, the, the filmmakers that, you know, we were able to add jets in formation and do various things that were, that were again, because it was based on that photographic reference, they were very convincing. And so that became one of the, one of the ways that we were able to support, um, the shots, uh, and, and prioritize the performances was by adding jets in formation in the background. There were also times when the environments needed to be augmented in some way. Um, and again, it sort of really varied based on the situation. I mean, you know, we were filming for days and days and days across all kinds of different weather and different seasons in some cases. Um, and so some of it was continuity based, um, some some of it was uh, in the case of the the battle uh, as they're sort of uh, trying to take out the nuclear facility um, in the in the snowy landscape. The location that we found for that up in the Cascades uh, was only half of the bowl that we sort of wanted. Um, you know, the the story was to conceive this uh, huge valley with sort of mountains on all sides, sort of this bowl shape that the jets had to go up over the over the edge. Um, and, and fly down in, and we just couldn't find any location that matched that, you know, what was required of the story. So we, we found half of that, and then we, we scanned that, and we, we wrapped it around and, and sort of closed it off. And, of course, the, the, um, 
the, the facility at the base of the bowl had, had to be created uh, digitally because we just couldn't couldn't build that out there in that remote location. There were also situations in the um, enemy airfield when they hijacked the F-14 and they're taking off that had quite a few extensive augmentations as well in terms of the environment. And it's always really just a collaboration with the production designer and, and the rest of the team to figure out what makes sense to build and when does it become more cost effective to 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 make that handoff and how do you do that and that's really that that collaboration with the other departments is really how you solve those issues um but that's sort of you know it's it there's no there was no sort of one one technique again it was it depended on the nature of the shot and and the footage we were able to get and then of course on the things that you obviously were not going to do practically there was uh the missiles there were explosions uh plumes of smoke talk about you know some of those action scenes yeah i mean you know those were sequences that we just wanted to have this chaos and energy and you just wanted to convey that danger and convey as you're jumping between all the pilots you know all the the uh the missiles that are just going everywhere and so we looked for ways to um obviously showcase the explosions and make them look very convincing and realistic again working with um you know our advisors in the navy um on the flares and how that would look always 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 going back to reference i mean it was really such a pleasure um the film was such a pleasure to work on in that way because we weren't trying to create something that no one had seen before um, or that no one knew what it looked like. What we were trying to do was honor the real thing and find reference and find experts that could help us get to that place where it was convincing and looked real. And there's sort of a, a, a really nerdy, fun challenge to that, you know, to kind of study something and try to try to emulate it. And, and really, the, you know, a lot of those explosions and those flares and stuff had that same philosophy going into it. And then it was just about trying to tie it all together. And, you know, as you have the SAM missile trails and stuff in one shot, carrying the smoke trails through to other shots. So it just feels like you're in the midst of it as the sequence unfolds and, and then it just gets more and more intense. And so it was really fun. I mean, it was, um, it was definitely a challenging, uh, challenging sequence, but it was, a, a, again, a huge team effort that spanned multiple departments. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately, ultimately it was just a variety of techniques. I'm sure the lighting references were a big part of getting all those CG elements into the shots and making it look completely seamless. Yeah, yeah, lighting is huge, you know, looking at and 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 it's you know, it's it's interesting because usually usually when we film vid for visual effects shots, we have so much more control over our set and what we're filming, we're able to get uh, capture lighting reference. Um, of the high dynamic range uh, environment. We're able to sort of talk to the DP and get a sense of what uh, he or she is trying to do. And we just have a lot more control. We're able to scan everything, you know. And this was different because we were we were out in these really remote locations up in the air. Um, sometimes, you know, and obviously we, we personally weren't there uh, because... We, we couldn't be, it was, uh, you know, the jets were out there and, and sometimes we were on the, on one of the camera platforms, like the helicopter, or sometimes we were on one of the ground to air locations. And so we had some sense of what the lighting was and what was going on. But oftentimes we were reverse engineering just from the footage that, that we got in a way that was sort of how traditional visual effects were done a long time ago before, you know, we, we got so sophisticated. So we had to kind of just rely on what we were seeing and rely on our, our eye to kind of guide us and tell us where we needed to go in some of those things. And our team figured out some, some really fancy uh, ways of determining uh, the, the GPS locations of different um, 
uh, maneuvers over the, over the course of sequences and were able to reference Google data and various LIDAR scans that we had done and photogrammetry that we had done out in the locations um, to defer, you know, airspeed and lighting changes and a bunch of really helpful things. But it was, it was, uh, it all had to be kind of figured out, you know, uh, in terms of what, what those things needed to be to make it look real. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You also used a gimbal for select sequences. Um, when was that used and for what purpose? Yeah, so Scott Fisher and his team built these amazing cockpit uh, bucks, as they're called, that were... Uh, picture ready they they were uh and i think they actually uh in some cases were actual cockpits that they were able to repurpose and they uh our actors our talent was able to sit in them and and so we use those for a lot of non-visual effects reasons for example if we needed shots of um you know uh uh, hands on dials and various things or shots like within the cockpit or on the pedals or various things like that um but there was another there was another shot type that was not possible to get in the air given the methodology we were doing, which was anytime you see two of the pilots in the same shot, um, because um, you know we always needed to have one of the Navy pilots flying, and so in very very limited cases we decided to shoot those uh, in in a in a gimbal on the ground and and. You know, tr- again, try to recreate and honor as much of the real thing as we could, uh, going as far as um, actually taking real data from aircraft motion and applying that to the gimbal so it, f- so it had the same motions, um, shooting it outdoors so we were getting the same sort of lighting conditions, um, and, and doing everything we could to, uh, again, to sort of pl- have that play a supporting role in the limited cases it was required. But um, the gimbal, the gimbals were in- incredibly engineered and they could handle, um, you know, multiple, multiple cockpits. We use that for Dark Star as well at the beginning of the sequence. Anytime Tom is in, um, in the cockpit, it was uh, this incredible uh, real scale uh aircraft that uh that was built for the film um that joe designed with lockheed martin and uh uh that that cockpit actually kind of came off the front of that and we were able to take that onto the stage and put it on a gimbal and get a lot of the shots that we needed um you know for some of that that interior work as well so it was a really versatile rig that scott and the team came up with and it, it was um it was great because it it was really honestly for mostly for non-visual effects work um, other than the cases where we needed to get either pickups or things that that, uh, we just couldn't get in the air. We also talk about the more subtle aspects of visual effects, um, cosmetic or uh, maybe, uh, I don't know, were there digital abs in the in the football scene or anything like that? No, you know, uh, it, as, as, uh, as much as it pains me, I wish I, I wish I was able to work out as much as those guys all did. It was, <laughs> they, they all did, they all did an amazing job uh, getting fit for that. And, uh, uh, so yeah, no, no, we didn't have to, we didn't have to do anything there, but, um, yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's in terms of sort of the hidden effects, I mean, there's just so much, there's so much, um, you know, there's so much sort of, 
like stuff that that we were able to bring to the table that uh, you know in terms of just simple things that are sort of called opticals and stuff like that. So you know, taking one take and merging it with another, or um, very simple things. You know, I mean, there might just be a really great performance from one from one person in, in one take, and in another take is there's a, a really amazing person uh, performance of someone else, and our editor might decide that they want to sort of merge those two takes together, and so that's something that we could kind of split together. Um, or there might be camera shake that we want to add to sort of increase a little bit of the tension in a particular moment. Um, so things like that. Um, but you know, by and large. Um, a lot of the a lot of the sort of more hidden stuff was things like armaments on the jets. You know, were things that we sometimes were able to get, um, but putting armaments on the, the wings of a jet. Uh, you know, the computer systems of the jet itself will sort of lower the performance characteristics because there's weight now on that aircraft, and that wasn't desirable from a performance aspect, obviously, because we wanted these jets to perform at their max performance and we wanted to, to photograph them doing everything they could. And so that became an obvious place where visual effects could help in a very supporting role and add those those missiles and bombs and things, you know, in, in uh, afterward while allowing the aircraft to still perform its uh, max maximum characteristics, which was, which was great. For you, what was the most challenging aspect of this? Um... You know, it's just uh, it's just such an important film to so many people, myself included. You know, it's just such a um, it, it it just was, it was we knew it was a special project. It was so important to so many people, and I think we just you know we're surrounded by amazing talent, and it's just uh, you just want to do your best. And for us uh, on the visual effects side, we we like I said, we really wanted to be supporting and hidden and. And we wanted audiences to just enjoy the story and and believe that, um, you know, even if there was something that we had to touch or be that they they wouldn't know and they could just continue watching the story. So so we just really focused all our energy in trying to be as seamless as possible, and that that was the challenge. You know, I think that's um, it, that's that's the thing that sort of takes the time the most time in the visual effects uh, world is just iterating and iterating until you get to a point where you feel like it's convincing in the way that I think visual effects is supposed to be, you know, I think, um, you're, it's not supposed to be a, a flashy extravaganza. It's supposed to be helpful in telling a story and, and, uh, and, and being, uh, being in a place that, that is, um, is supporting. That's, that's my belief. So it was, it was, it was an amazing opportunity, I think, to really, uh, put that to put that to the work, you know, put our work to that. And, uh, and it was challenging every day to maintain that quality and and uh, and just be a part of something so amazing and so special. I mean, the the, the original Top Gun is obviously so iconic and means so much to so many people. Um, do you remember the first time you saw Top Gun, and you know what what is that movie with you? I mean, I don't remember the first time. I just remember watching it over and over growing up, uh, you know, and and listening to the soundtrack as we played with our our toys my, with my friends and. You know, it's just, um, yeah, there's just something about jets, isn't there? It's just, there's just something so amazing about what, what, what these men and women do in the Navy and, and the rest of the armed services. And, and, you know, I, I have to say, like, it was just incredible to be around them and to sort of be adopted by them as we were out there filming these sequences. And, and, you know, they, they were 
they were certainly enamored with the cameras and they wanted to learn about it. But I, I think we were more enamored with them and what they were doing and, and the, the incredible machinery that they get to work around every day. And you just get a sense of how many people are involved to keep these aircraft flying. And it's just it's just so special. I, I think, um, yeah, I'm just so impressed by everyone. And we just had such a great working relationship with them. Um, you know, I know that we couldn't have done it without their support. What was the coolest day on set for you? And where were you? What were you doing? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, there's there's you've seen there's some behind the scenes footage out there of, of the jet that's doing the low level pass right over um, a small group of us out there in the desert. And uh, I think I think that was, you know, the, the jet would uh, that was one of our Blue Angel pilots. Um who, uh, you know, was basically called it on the radio and we were just this small group with a camera and the, 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 the goal was for him to fly right over the top of our camera. But as he was turning around out there, he couldn't see us because he was so far away and we were just little specks in the desert, right? And so he, he really had to kind of use all the instruments and sort of get called in on the radio to try to find that line right over the top of the camera. And so it took him probably five or six or maybe a few more times, which was fine by me because it was the coolest thing ever to see the jet just rip right over your head. And, and just, you know, every time those jets come over you, it just tears up all the dust and it comes, it swirls around you and it's so loud. And so, I mean, it was every day was, was like that. I mean, it was just an incredible experience. And I think that, it, that's one of the things that's really important when, as filmmakers, when we're trying to recreate something or, or bring audiences to a certain thing. I mean, for me and, and on the visual effects side, being able to be around all of that and experience it and and just get the feeling of what it's like is so critical when we're when we're back in the editing room and we're in our in our at our desks and we're trying to recreate those shots because it's it it there's there's an emotion to it there's a feeling that you're trying to convey and i think if you haven't experienced it that's really hard to do and so it was it was uh you know obviously a really huge component of our reference and our research and in, in trying to bring this movie um as part of that did you tour any particular facilities that you could share or did, did you get to go up or <laughs> in, in the plane or? yeah i mean i was up in in helicopters quite a bit because we had to shoot a lot of, of plates and various things and we did some air-to-air -air, uh photography um so we were up there with the jets quite a bit. Um, we were out on an aircraft carrier for uh, quite a while, about a week at sea, which was also an incredible experience. Um, I mean, like I said, they really adopted us. I mean, the, everyone was so, um, you know, forthcoming in, in kind of giving us their feedback and and uh, welcoming, us, welcoming us in and answering questions, of which we had a million of them. I mean, we, just when you get into just how does a, how does a, a, a jet fly and how do these different flaps work and what you know, what do the flaps do if the jet's doing a pirouette move and kind of like rolling over on itself? I mean, it's really subtle stuff. It's very specific stuff. And there is no, it's either right or wrong because it's all physics, right? And it, it so you really do need that background. You either need to know or you need to have friends that know. And for us, those friends were, were our, uh, you know, our advisors in the Navy um, and our the, the, the pilots because they, they really kind of gave us a insight into things that we just had no chance of, of uh, getting up to speed quick enough on, but by the end of it, we, we you know, we, we started to to really get the hang of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it goes without saying that you know, uh, thanks to your visual effects being so seamless, I mean, it really allowed the audiences to you know stay in the movie and not really think about the filmmaking. You were just yeah. the story and and the excitement of it. So that's um, the goal. Yeah. I. 
as you said in the beginning, it was a big team. Uh, I know Method yep. was the, well, now Framestore was the leader yeah. of Max House, but um, would you give a shout out to your team? Yeah, I would love to. Amazing. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Method, which is now part of Framestore, um, our uh, visual effects supervisor, Seth Hill, um, headed up that team. Um, our animation supervisor, Mark Chu, on that team as well. Um, just did an incredible job on so many of the sequences. We also had MPC, uh, Brian Litson, heading up that team, um, who handled uh, a huge number of shots, also a bunch of the aerial work and uh, SAM launch and uh, uh, cockpit conversions and things like that. Um, and uh, we had Lola effects that brought on, uh, did a bunch of monitor composites and various other comps as well. Um, blind uh, in the UK, Blind uh, did a bunch of the graphics and you know which are incredibly important to the story, telling telling the story of of the the various um, uh, you know paths and just the the. the how, how this mission was going to unfold. I mean, all of that was a really critical story point, a very complicated graphics uh, mission that they took on and, and, and totally nailed. So yeah, we had, a, we had an incredible team. It's such a team effort. Like I said, visual effects is just, um, there's so many people involved and that's just the, the visual effects team, but you also, you know, it all starts with Joe and his vision and, and how he sees, uh, you know, the sequence is unfolding, but not only that, I mean, Joe's, Joe also has an idea of how he wants the methodology for these shots to be and how he wants to try and make them come together. And so, um, you know, him and Claudio, our, our DP and Eddie, our editor and Kevin LaRosa, our aerial coordinator, um, you know, it's all just, it's everyone's combined, uh, passion for the work and that, that, that you see on the screen and just such a, amazing honor to be uh have, have had the opportunity to work with all those people well um again congratulations on your nomination and fantastic work thanks for joining us for the interview thank you so much that means so much thank you just such an amazing honor to be uh, have, have had the opportunity to work with all those people Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.